Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. In recent years, we've seen the conversation around schools, what gets taught in them, and how much parents have a say in that become pretty heated. And over the past few weeks, much of that conversation has been focused on the state of Florida. Much of the nation is watching Florida's controversial bill as it takes another step forward that bans certain discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity from classrooms across the state. This week, It's being called the Don't Say Gay bill. Last week, the state legislature there passed that bill, and many parents, students, and advocates are left wondering what comes next. Let's take you to Florida now and spend five minutes with CNN's Steve Contorno. He covers politics in the state for us. He's in St. Petersburg now. So, Steve, there's been a ton of back and forth about what is actually in this bill. Opponents have dubbed it the don't say gay bill. But what exactly is it? David, the official name of the bill is actually the Parental Rights in Education Bill. And that's because this bill largely talks about giving parents more insights into their school-aged children's lives. But there are two lines in the, in the legislation that have become very concerning for Democrats and LGBTQ community. And that is the part that says schools are not allowed to have instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity uh, for students ages K through three or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate uh, for students in other grades. Hmm. Uh, That second half of that is not entirely clear what that means, and that's also been a point of contention between Democrats and Republicans. But proponents say that the bill does not prohibit conversations that arise naturally, uh, that if that this is geared towards preventing instruction or curriculum uh, that is specifically um, around teaching kids pronouns, um, teaching them uh, about the uh, sexual orientation, um, there's a various sexual orientations. Oh, so but like if, writing in uh, to the curriculum, we're going to do a lesson plan here about transgender people and that concept. That would not be allowed. But say a kid says, oh, my two moms at home did X and Y. That's OK. Correct. Uh, But the concern is that teachers will be scared of what happens next if they do continue that conversation. And that instead of being uh, a person that students can go to um, to talk about their their home lives or to share freely uh, their personal experiences, uh, that they instead will push kids away from doing projects on someone like Harvey Milk or that they won't be able to put up stickers on their classroom doors that say that this is an LGBTQ safe space. Mm. Proponents of legislation say this is aimed entirely at school districts and that it would not prohibit conversations around um, sexual orientation or gender identity that come up naturally in the classrooms. But if they do find that there is uh, instruction of uh, sexual orientation or gender identity that violates the law, parents can actually sue school districts to try to get them to stop. Right. That's what I wanted to ask, because the second part that you mentioned about age appropriate or developmentally appropriate, that's that's pretty vague sounding to me. So I could definitely see how teachers might be scared off from approaching these kinds of conversations head on. What are LGBTQ advocates and opponents of this bill saying are the long-term consequences here of something like this? 
Well, the long-term consequences could range from uh, stifling conversations in classrooms around uh, historically gay figures. It could result in students not feeling comfortable talking to their teachers about problems they're having at home because um, their parents aren't accepting of them as a gay, bi, transgender youth. You can't teach gay. You can't teach gay away. You can't pray gay away. And by not talking about it, you're not going to make it go away. A person is gay because it is who they are. Period. You've heard lawmakers in Florida who are uh, gay and advocating for the community warning that this could lead to uh, depression and even suicide among LGBTQ youths if they no longer feel that not only comfortable speaking about these issues in the classroom, but just knowing that the legislature has taken a step to put into state statute that they are a forbidden topic. I never knew that living my truth would, uh, would cause church members to leave my dad's church. Or friends to stop talking to me. Or families to make jokes about who you are. So I ask you all, whatever this bill is supposed to do, let that bill do it. Let's do that. One Democrat, uh, State Senator Chevron Jones, broke down in tears as he shared his own personal struggles and his journey to coming out to his family. But like the Hippocratic Oath says, please do no harm. The widespread national attention around this bill has created an outpouring of protests in Florida where we saw students stage walkouts really all across the state. Trans lives matter! Trans lives matter! And many of the students also showed up to Tallahassee this past week to make their voices heard. We saw Saturday Night Live tackle, tackle this as well. Uh, even the White House weighing in on this piece of legislation. But all this protest and outcry ultimately wasn't enough to halt the bill. Log the board and record the vote. 22 yeas, 17 nays, Mr. President. So the bill passes. Um, Republicans control the House and Senate in Florida by a wide majority. This is a bill that has been a priority for the legislature and has the support as well of Governor Ron DeSantis, who is a Republican, and they didn't want to go against uh, the wishes of, of him. They've pretty much followed his lead on on most issues in Florida. Yeah, the, the political angle here is interesting to me, especially with Ron DeSantis coming out so early, voicing his approval of this. I, I you know, I can't help but think that the midterms are getting closer and closer. Is there some political angle here in all this. I know schools specifically have been such a huge part of election conversation in the last year or so. One thing that hopefully everybody heard in November is it is time to listen to parents. 
What we saw in Virginia in the last governor's election, what we're seeing in Florida and what we're seeing in so many Republican run states is this push for giving parents more rights and more power. The new governor, Governor Glenn Youngkin, making good on his campaign promise, ordering all schools to allow parents to make the decision about if their child wears a mask or not in class. A lot of this is an offshoot of the pandemic where schools were closed and parents uh, were frustrated that their, that their child's education uh, was being limited by school closures and by the pandemic. But uh, Republicans will also tell you that a lot of parents were alarmed by the curriculums that they saw when they had a peek at their child's education when all these kids were pushed to online learning, that they saw them learning about quote-unquote woke topics. So now we are seeing that turn into legislative battles over critical race theory, over teaching sexual orientation and gender identity. And it's really become part of the larger GOP playbook as we head into these midterms. Clearly, right now, we see a lot of focus on the transgenderism, telling kids that they may be able to pick genders and all that. I don't think parents want that um, for these young kids. And so I think that's what they were trying to do. And for Governor DeSantis, as he builds sort of this national brand, uh, with many people suggesting could lead to the White House, we're seeing this trend of more severe anti-LGBTQ legislation in multiple states uh, in the recent months. Right. And in just the last few months, we've seen lawmakers in dozens of states introduce a slew of bills, everything from restricting access to gender affirming health care to excluding transgender kids from school athletics. It's obvious this conversation is not going away. Steve Contorno there in Florida. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. Get your brackets ready. March Madness is back. The NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments get underway this week with first and second round action and will continue each week culminating with the championship game the first week of April. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohamed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers, and the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Before we go, a quick podcast recommendation for you, CNN's Margins of Error. Daylight Saving Time begins today, if you forgot. You might remember CNN's Harry Enten. He was on this show a few weeks ago. He has a lot of thoughts about that. Again, that's Margins of Error. Go find it wherever you listen, and then double check your clocks. All right, I'll talk to you next time. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.